Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stagman, and with me, as always, is my pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right. You have uh, come to listen to the show High Spirits, which is a <laughs> podcast in which uh, my best friend and I talk about mm-hmm. ghosts and we drink booze. Yes. Which we're doing now. All of those things. Yeah. Both of those things. Yeah. Well, all of them. All in both. That's enough for both of us. It is. Right? Two? Yeah. yeah. It's a, we're multitasking is mm-hmm. what we're saying. We're killing it. Yep. Um, Noelle, well... If you're new to the show, you probably are like, how do they pay for all of this technology? The answer is through sponsorships. <laughs> this is the point in the show where I correct Jay and say, not quite yet, uh, but someday. But someday. And so the thing is, um, we like to pretend that our show is sponsored by booze companies <laughs> who give us our booze for free. So, Noel, who's, who's uh, sponsoring you today? I'm drinking Purple Moon Shiraz. The moon can be purple. Oh, lovely. It can. Yeah. I am drinking a um, beer right here from Chicago. It's called Citra Hero. It's from Revolution Brewing. Um, and it's uh, delicioso. It's an IPA. It's got like a Wonder a, Woman. A hoppy superhero on it. Yeah. Like uh, a hoppy femme superhero. Yeah. Like the, the Citra, this all this these Citra IPAs, that's like the new thing. It's like the trend. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good. Okay. They should stick with it. Yeah. Good. Great. It's like a nice summer beer. Yeah. Nice yeah. summer. Uh-huh. A little grapefruit, a little, little yeah. citra, never hurt anybody. Revolution, look at what we're doing for you. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> I know, almost every week. Like, I'm very obsessed. You're welcome. Um, Noelle, any monkey business? Nope. <laughs> uh, just I wish they would stop jumping on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and bumping their heads. Yep. Um, do you see that picture over there in the ghost studio right next to my uh, trio of uh, uh, religious icons? Oh, I thought you were talking about the Abby Lee Miller photo. No, well, we can talk about that too. We should talk about that now. A friend of the show, Megan Ensley, got me an Abby Lee Miller. <laughs> if you don't know that, that's okay. Uh, she's the evil person from Dance Moms who I actually really like. And I don't think she's evil at all. She's I running a business. Agreed. I mean, she she's left. in prison. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes people go to prison. Sometimes reality stars go to prison. Yeah, follow your dreams. Pay yeah. your taxes. Uh, no, that beautiful picture right next to my trio of saints, uh, Elizabeth Warren, B. Arthur, and Dolly Parton. Yes. Uh, that's my grandmother. Oh, really? Yeah, my mother just gave that to me. That's a, She's beautiful. Isn't that pretty? Yeah, that's a stunning photo. I thought she was an actress. She sort of does. She looks like a like an old-timey actress right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's my... That's oh, my I thought that's who we were going to be talking about today. That, that was your segue. No, no, your it thing. is not. I just looked uh, over there, and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my grandma Anne. I, yeah, I've been, I've been admiring it. She's beautiful, and that's a lovely photo. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Yeah, she looks quite like my mom there. Yeah. Yeah. One well, uh, Karen Stagman. Yeah. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Um, <laughs> big, big listener. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but we are big fans of Karen. We're huge fans of hers. She's I, the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just sort of looks a little mm-hmm. uptight there. The, that picture. Just a little thin mouth right there. Not my mom. My grandma. Anne. Right. Yeah. That's a gorgeous picture, though. She's about to uh, unleash some sass. Yeah. So anyway, that's a new addition to my home. I like it. Right here in the ghost studio. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, all right. Well, I, since we don't have any unfinished business, do you want to just... Um, oh. I mean, let me let me think for a minute. Okay. Everybody take a pause for your drinks. I mean, you were just in the bathroom. Did you see the ghost of Elvis? Um, no. Elvis doesn't live in your bathroom. And that, Dolly Parton does. She sure does. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, where were we recently where the bathrooms had in the in the stalls, the um, mirrors were at uh, cooch level? They had mirrors inside the stall. The ghost studio? <laughs> well... It made me think of the ghost studio. Okay. <laughs> but um, no, these were like mirrors strategically placed like while you were sitting. At Lincoln Karaoke? It was, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, hello. High Spirit sponsored by Lincoln Karaoke. Thank you. Thank you. Please. I text with them. It makes my <laughs> friendship group laugh and think I'm weird. <laughs> and every once in a while, they've got a spot for us. But we got a nice reception from them. We did. Yeah, they love us. Nice. Yes, they think we're great. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Karaoke. Check it out. Private karaoke rooms. Uh-huh. You're welcome, Lincoln Karaoke. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, bring back the cooches. Bring back the bacon. Yeah, no bacon. I know. Remember, you all you needed to do was order two bit, two pitchers of beer for um, the, the low low cost of <laughs> seventy five dollars, and they would give you 
Free a bacon. Basket of bacon. Uh, my, thing, my favorite thing about Noelle is, um, <laughs> like, she's like, I paid $100 for two <laughs> magazines and I got something for free. <laughs> they sent me this uh, this free <laughs> fragrance that comes in the magazine. You're you just like, open oh up the fl- you open up the flap and you have free perfume. They should be giving you more <laughs> as long as I It came with this free packet of shampoo. Of Garnier Fructis. Do they still do that? I think so. Oh I don't know. Oh my god, know. that's incredible. I actually... I, when I was a kid, I used to put all the colognes on. <laughs> all, the parf- all the parfums. I don't know. I don't get... Actually, uh, I think I've said this before. I've been getting InStyle magazine for a while. I have no idea why. Um, they've just because been... you look so stylish. You're in style. <laughs> I am in style. Somebody was like, that girl needs to read this magazine. <laughs> I think it was one of those, like, I ordered something, and it was one of those add-on things, and uh, I didn't click off of it. And so, eventually, I'll probably start paying for InStyle Magazine, and I won't sure. know. But I have, like, I actually just threw away, like, a year's worth. That's how I am with Audible. Okay. Oh, yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. Why aren't they sponsoring us? Well. Audible. Audible. Well, I, because I'm completely lax in my membership. <laughs> I pay for yeah. it, but they're like... <laughs> Jay Stagman, you have 29 credits. I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I really have been neglecting my Audible. Yeah. There was a time when I played Mario Kart and listened to books. (laughs) By the way, this was not a long time ago. This was January. This was months ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I stopped. (laughs) I don't know why. Ladies and gentlemen, you have joined our show uh, today. And we are going to... uh, Let's just hop right in. Please. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what we're talking about today? I have no idea. I'm very excited. Um, would you like to put and your... nervous. Yeah, I would be nervous if I were you. Would you like to put your hands um, on the planchette and uh, move it around <gasps> and see if you can figure out what we're talking about? Are we talking about the Ouija board? We are. Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Ouija. Right. We are. We're going to talk Ouija. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I hate it. I love and hate it. Eh. I love it. Okay. No reason to hate it. Well, I mean, you know, some people do. Um, so the devil's board, I guess. <laughs> uh, guys, this all started the Ouija as we know it today. Started with an exciting ad by um um what's his face? Well, what, who do you think it is? Oh no, that came later. Yep, I was thinking of the Norman Rockwell. Oh no no yeah thing. that was way way later. that was way later. Sorry, I'm talking about February. 1891. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, There was an exciting advertisement in a paper in Pittsburgh, and it said, Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Now, the ad claimed that the board answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy, promising a link between the known and unknown, the material and immaterial, and the price was a dollar and 50 cents. Ooh, that's steep. That's steep. That is steep. But you know what? 1891? To know the future, worth it. Worth it. So what is it? (laughs) That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about today. What is this thing that they started selling in 1891? Mm -hmm. And then when I mean selling, I mean, they, they, they decided to sell it. It existed before. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, before it was called the Ouija board, which of course Ouija is the, um, uh, trademark name. Right. Um, but they have been used for a long time. They were called spirit boards or talking boards. Okay. Okay. And uh, a spirit board is just a flat board uh, marked with the letters of the alphabet uh, and the numbers zero through nine, the words yes, no, hello, and goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, it uses a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic if you want, called a planchette. And the participants place their fingers on the planchette, and uh, they move it about the board. Now, I've actually, and you were here for it, I think, I've made my own Ouija board. (laughs) I was here for it. So you can just, I mean, it's a talking board, and if Mm -hmm. you believe in spirits, um, you can make it yourself. Mm -hmm. Ain't no reason why you have to go through Hasbro. No. (laughs) They will never have my money. Right? Except for all of the money that I have given to them. (laughs) So this was actually a thing that existed before it was Uh marketed. Okay. Uh, one more time. It has the letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, the words yes, no, hello, and goodbye. So you goodbye. can talk to the spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ouija board came out of spiritualism, which is the belief that, that the dead are able to communicate with the living. Okay. Um, Noelle, we already talked about the Fox sisters. We did. We did. Mm-hmm. 
The Fox Trio of Sisters. That's right. Um, in 1848, the Fox Sisters, um, cl- uh, basically, they made spiritualism famous in America. Mm-hmm. Since we already did an episode about them, please reference that episode. I have no idea what it is. What number it is? Yeah. Oh, no clue. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I was like, I don't know. I, 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 did, re- I did so much research on the Ouija board, but I could not be bothered to look at the goddamn page and see what number that was. Not a clue. Um, I can tell you that we were sitting in a different part of the ghost studio when we recorded it. Can you? Yeah. Really? Is that where I said this is where I sit? Yes. <laughs> um, no, well, I actually surprised her after uh, almost 11 years of friendship about how particular I was about <laughs> where I sit. She was like, are you shitting me? And then I found you um, an awesome uh, throw pillow that says... This is where I said. This is where I said. <laughs> Which I use all the time. <laughs> so it all worked out. It did. <laughs> made for Christmas, made Christmas shopping so much easier. Uh-huh. So um, really fast, because you can reference that episode. I'm just going to talk about the Fox sisters fast. Uh, the, they claim to receive messages from spirits who wrapped on the walls in order to answer questions uh, and then they ended up becoming celebrities, and they recreated this um, thing that mm-hmm. they did uh, in parlors across the United States, right? right? Um, in halls and parlors, it just they kind of became like I don't know a pastime. So what ended up happening, aided by the stories of the celebrity sisters, uh, other spiritual. Other spiritualists kind of picked up where they left off. Okay. And remember how, when we talked about that episode, spiritualism was sort of like a democratic religion in that everyone could do it. Right. You didn't have to, like, you have to have no training. There's no theology. You just have to say, I talk to ghostesses. Uh And people are like, cool. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, as as, uh, the sisters, the Fox sisters and the other spiritualists uh, started to catch uh, fire... Uh, in the news, um, spiritualism reached millions of adherents in the uh, second half of the 19th century. Um, there were two reasons why spiritualism worked for Americans um, at that time, mostly because it was compatible with Christianity. Okay. The reason why I bring this up at the top of it, because we're talking about the Ouija board. The right. Ouija board comes out of spiritualism, which um, worked in, in uh, concert with Christianity. Right. Now, you were just kind of joking at the top, like, this is the devil's, you know, right. telephone. <laughs> um, that's not what they thought at all. I said the devil's board, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it can't be a telephone, Jay. There's not a cord. <laughs> well, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> when will they create wireless? <laughs> so, like, Satan's way advanced. Right. He's way ahead <laughs> um, So, we, really, it was acceptable. Like, um, it's actually even wholesome. Like, religious families would do this because they didn't have anything to do. They would play around with their talking boards and spirit boards at seances. They would play with automatic writing and table turning, mm-hmm. um, where participants would place their hand on a small table, and they would see if it would, like, shake and rattle and all that stuff. Um, well, and I think, I mean, I think it's important to reference this because I think we really didn't start looking at ghosts or spirits as being something that's, like, creepy until um, later. Like, I think that we really welcomed, you know, we part of Christianity was understanding that after you died, you advanced to heaven mm-hmm. or hell. And so being able to, like, speak to your, you know, and you, you just assume that your, your family member is a good person or your loved one's a good person. Yes. And they advance to heaven. So being able to speak to them after life is a novelty and, a, like, a a reward almost. Good. Right. Yeah. It's a mitzvah, right? Yeah. Like, it's a good thing. Like, yeah. people were like, oh, cool. Right. Like, I can talk to spirits. Like, mm-hmm. they were not afraid in the same way. Now, for context, just so you know, I mean, um, our distance from death is new. Mm-hmm. Brand new. Yeah. Um, I mean, when someone died, they died in your home, and when they did the wake, or, like, you know what I mean, people would, like, come in the house and walk past the person on their bed. And then they were removed and put to the ground. Like, it wasn't... We took pictures of dead people. Oh, sure. You know, like, that was a thing that you did. Tintypes, um, just in case you don't know what tintypes are, and I love them. They are... So, when photography was a burgeoning uh, art form, Mm -hmm. people couldn't afford it. 
and what people would like splurge on um, when somebody in their family died was a photograph. So many photographs you see from the 1860s, 1870s, and 1880s where it kind of looks strange um, where, you know, a family is like standing around somebody who kind of looks dead. They are. Right. Um, because the family's like, well, this person's about to go into the ground and they're going to go away. This is the only time in their life we'll ever have a photograph of them. They are dead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So strange. And by the way, if you ever look at photographs, ghost hunters, listen at me, ghost hunters. <laughs> I mean, listen to me, but I'm from East Central Illinois, but listen at me. Um, the blurrier the photo is, the more uh, alive the person is from a photograph from the 1800s. Let's get it together. <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean by that is the shutter, um, because of exposure and how long it took for photographs to... Um, have the exposure hit the photographic paper, uh, that people had to sit there really still for a long time, which is why people, dead people were really great photographic um, uh, exhibits because they didn't move. Um, but real life people, you'll often see a lot of blur around them mm-hmm. um, or like blinking or some sort of weird shit. It's because uh-huh. people couldn't sit still for half an hour. Right. So if one more person shows me a picture from the 1800s and they're like, this is my relative and it's all blurry, I'm going to kill myself. And then come back as a ghost and communicate with you through a Ouija board. You're welcome. Yeah. So there. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah. Jay's here to ruin all the fun. Oh, really? No. Oh. You're just here to tell the truth. No. You're the truth teller. Really? Yeah. I think Ouija boards are the Speak most Speak the truth. No, I'm talking about the blurred photos. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I love ghosts and I love believing in them. But here's the thing. Like, if we as a community of ghost people continue to be so stupid we will never get the re- no seriously no, we will you're never right. get you're... the respect that we deserve my hero thomas edison uh-huh. thomas alva edison created i'm totally off book right now i'm just chatting right <laughs> oh booze speaking of phones with cords <laughs> that is alexander graham bell oh, sorry that is okay but i don't mind it because here's the deal close enough yeah thomas alva edison um created the phonograph um, and recordings, as we know it. Yes. We're doing a podcast podcast because of him. His original idea behind recording sound was to communicate to the with dead. the dead. Yep. He thought they communicated at a lower or higher frequency mm-hmm. in that we just couldn't hear them. That's fucking awesome. It's just like that movie White Noise with Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. He was on to something that Thomas yes. Edison. So let's. Um, uh, yeah, I can't so, believe I screwed up the Thomas okay. Edison no, Alexander. They came out at the same time. We're sorry, everybody. So. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Okay, so if you're wondering why spiritualism was such a big deal between like 1848 and uh, the early 1900s, it's because life was hard. Um, the average lifespan was less than 50 years. Uh, right. Women died in childbirth. Children died all the time of disease. I mean, children died at the rate that they died. Now, we would lose our fucking minds. Um, and there were lots of wars. Men died. Right. So, um... Dead people everywhere. De- yeah, basically dead people everywhere. We <laughs> talked about her in an earlier episode. Actually, two earlier episodes. Uh, Molly Todd. Oh. Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, was a spiritualist. Right. And she uh, had uh, seances mm-hmm. uh, and Ouija boards in the... In the old White, White House. House. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, what if they're buried under the floorboards right now? Mary Top? No, the Ouija boards. Oh, I hope they are. Yeah, yeah. that's all. I mean, what I, if? I feel like Jenna Bush would have found them. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love Jenna Bush. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so weird. Okay. <laughs> My like, what not I like you, in- Barbara? Just Jenna. <laughs> well, Barbara's a little hoity-toity for me. Knock she it off. Is. I mean, Barbara Junior. I don't mean um, the elder. Oh no, she's lovely and wonderful. Yes, and she's Alistair Crowley's daughter. <laughs> she granddaughter, great Grand- granddaughter. No daughter. Oh, it's daughter. Daughter, daughter. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I guess she's pretty old. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Barbara, I missed her. Okay, <laughs> so, um, but here's the deal with spiritualism, um, and we would face this too. Any cultural phenomenon has a problem with uh, consumers in that it's, 
Well, I'll just say it in the most colloquial way possible. It's fucking boring. It ended up being really boring. So calling out the entire alphabet and waiting for a knock to get the right letter. So it'd be like A, B, C, D, E. E, great. <laughs> like, if you're waiting for R, you're like, R. Even, like, Wheel of Fortune had to change because they all knew everyone's going to do, like, RSTL and E. Right. So they were like, cool, those letters are given. We're making it trickier. Right. So there came a time when spiritualism was, like, uh, so popular and then people are like, cool, speed it the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Part of that had to do with the guy that you're talking about, actually, Alexander Graham Bell. Okay. Who invented the telegraph. Right. And so here's the deal. If you can talk to London, London from um, New York faster than you can talk to ghosts, people at that point are like, I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So rapid communication is now at its height. So why shouldn't spirits be able to easily reach you? Mm -hmm. So here we go. We're going to talk Weege. All right. So entrepreneur Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, and three other people... I'm going to include Elijah Bond in this. The other two you can care about. If you want to know more about them, look them up online, but I really don't have any stories about them. Um, Charles Kennard realized that people were desperate to find methods of communication that would be quicker. Okay. Right? So he created a novelty company called the Kennard Novelty Company. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Original. And he took these talking boards and spirit boards, and he ended up um, creating the Ouija board. Okay. Now, you and I have talked about this. Uh, this is the story that I always knew, but there's one that's coming after this that I've never heard really in the canon, but I'll, but I'll share it because I like to. Um, what I've always heard Ouija is, is a combination of French for yes, or like we, oui, yes, and mm-hmm. German, yeah. Right, which mm-hmm. is also yes. We, oui, yeah, yeah, right. yes, yes. But others say when they're trying to develop this uh, board for the marketplace... Uh, Elijah Bond and his sister were playing with the board and they asked the spirits what to call the name, what to call it. And um, for some reason, the board spelled out Ouija. Interesting. Yeah. And we don't know what that means? No, we do. Oh, okay. So it spelled out O-U-I-J-A. And they asked, what does that mean? And the board replied, good luck. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I kind of like we are. To be right. honest with you, only because it goes back to the whole tarot idea where this has been going on for so 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 long. It to to me this this leads me to believe in the commercial sense. Just before they're about to get a patent, uh, sorry, I said patent's really weird. Patent. <laughs> before they were got about to get a patent, they named their thing Ouija because the board told them to. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. So here's the story of the patent. Okay. I think this is important. Um. So Elijah Bond knew that he could not get a patent. He's a lawyer. Okay. Uh, if he couldn't prove the item worked. That's a dilemma, right? Yeah. How do you prove it? I don't know. Right? It's a mystery. Okay. So he and his sister went down to the patent office on February 10th, 1891. And they used the device to spell out the patent officer's name. Huh. This freaked this dude out. He fucking lost his mind. Sucker. <laughs> I know. A... They reported that he went white-faced. He like, was so shaken up that he couldn't believe it, freaked out, and was like, yep, done. Now, here's the deal. He actually fell for that. Okay. Uh, Noel, I'm glad I'm glad you are where you are with us. Um, in case you're wondering, they might have known what his name was beforehand. <laughs> Noel's face is priceless right now. You look so... I'm so irritated by that man. You are so irritated. (laughs) What a sucker. He really was a sucker. He... You're doling out patents. Those things aren't cheap, buddy. Right? And you have to prove your item works. They Uh, did none of those things. They basically freaked him the fuck out and they gave him a patent. That (laughs) really is truly the story of the patent of the Ouija board. Okay. Anything else, including the the toilet, the crapper, whatever you want to call it, has to work. The Ouija board... I mean, it never, worked. maybe, really ever worked. Because you had two people moving a planchette that knew what they wanted to do. Right. So we'll get back to that. So the people who, like, really are so upset and so afraid and so scared of Ouija boards, you may be right. You also may be dealing with a hoax from the start. You may, may be crazy. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Screwed that up. Uh, no, you're great. Do You want to do it again? No. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's Billy Joel. It's Billy Joel. You may be right. You may be crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, oh, it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. There you go. Recovery. All right, I feel better. Stuck the landing. You're a regular Carrie Strug. <laughs> oh, my ankle hurts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my femur. <laughs> Poor Carrie. Um, here is the thing. The first patent that they received explains nothing about how the device works. Why would it? <laughs> There's like literally no information. It's a, it's a, it's, it, yeah, it's a long uh, patent, but it's just an assertion of its working. Mm-hmm. So that ambiguity and that mystery is actually part of it. Right? Okay. Um, and in a weird way, that in and of itself has sort of helped this item. It's part of its mystery. Right? And, and yeah. on some level, they use this as part of its marketing. Well, it was forged from molten lava that came from the <laughs> devil's doorstep. Right. That is a, a mountain that is hidden somewhere mm-hmm. in Utah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really a mystery to these people as well. Yeah, right? We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never yeah. know. Like Prometheus, they stole the Ouija just <laughs> like he stole the fire. Right. Um... By 1892, so just one year later, the Canard Novelty Company went from one factory in Baltimore to two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. That's crazy. This motherfucking thing was selling like hot cakes. Hot cakes. Yeah. Uh, By 1893, just two years later, Canard and Bond, Elijah Bond, who I referenced before, they left the company. They cashed in two years later. They're like, fuck it. It's smart. It's just the weege. <laughs> smart. We did the yes, yes board, and we are out, motherfuckers. You know what? It's you know what's a good idea right now in 1893 to get out. to not only get up, but let's invest in the stock market. Yeah, I hear that's a good place to put our money. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> we can't go wrong. Nope. Uh, <laughs> some dude. Now you'll know about this dude a little bit later. Uh, he's actually one of the dudes that most people know about. His name's. Uh, William Fold, his last name is F-U-L-D. Okay. Uh, he took over. All right. His family actually uh, had this company until, like, I think the late 60s. Okay. So they had a good run. hmm So um, here's a story uh, just to sort of... Um, the Ouija had the happenstance of having, like, really fun things happen that made people believe in it more. Right? So uh, <laughs> this William Fold who took over... Uh, ended up dying in 1927 from a freak fall from the roof of his new Ouija factory. What? Yes. And it was a factory. He told everyone the Ouija board told him to build. Oh, my God. Marketing or true story? Ugh. I hope true story. We don't know. Oh, boy. Okay. Back to the game. If you build it, (laughs) you will fall. Right? (laughs) So, like, okay. So, this had a deep and profound effect when it first came out. But it's also, like, still really prevalent in yeah. pop culture. Yeah. Here's the thing. How afraid can you be of something if it's sold at Target? I'm afraid of not one thing at Target. I know. I was actually more afraid of the one I made at home. It's the happiest place <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Do you remember when I made a, I, I literally, I made a homemade Ouija board, and I actually had that moment where I was like, have I, have I gone a little too far? I... Because oh, sometimes I go a little too far. You know I, me. I... No. You know what? what? Yeah, well, shut up. Um, no, I actually had a moment where I was like, are we breaking some rule by not having, like, an official <laughs> Ouija board? Yes, Hasbro going to sue us. Are we, like, going to, like, ter- piss off some demon by not using the, you know, <laughs> patented, right. trademarked? But I did have that moment where I was like, because there's the so much. The nothing happened at that seance. Not a thing. Uh-huh. Um, but there's. I think we were all so scared. Because we've been at seances where things have happened. We have. I think the dramatic tension was like, holy shit, that girl built a Ouija board. Will that work? And if it works, yeah. we're all fucked. Right. I was like, this could go either two ways. It could not do a damn thing, or it could totally burst into flames in front of us. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it was the former. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get into it in a little bit about um, what that phenomena is called. Why mm-hmm. Ouija boards work. So I think because we were all so terrified that it would work, it did not. Yeah. So. Yeah. That actually has a name. Okay. I looked it up. You did? Yeah. So this game was marketed um, 
both as like a mystical oracle experience, but also family entertainment. Ah, <laughs> yeah, fun for the whole fam. It was. It was. Uh, spiritualists were not actually the people who bought the board. Mm-hmm. In fact, they hated it. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. It's, so that's something that yeah. people need to realize. It cut out the middleman. Right. It's kind of like I was into spiritualism before it was cool. <laughs> right. It and was also, like the anti. Go talk to me so I can talk to you, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Good call. Right. So now it's like you basically you it's get just, your own board. Yeah. And you talk to whoever you want. So you don't have to do that whole thing of like you had a grandma and she lives. She's behind you and her name starts with an A. Like, mm-hmm. It's just you're like, I would like to talk to my grandma. And she talks to you. Right. Got it. OK. Yeah. It's basically like the self-checkout. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. This was really the automated version yeah. of, like, All right. we, you know. Um, its appeal was very wide-ranging. Uh, all ages, professions, education. Um, it just, it became so normalized. You actually mentioned this. On May 19, uh, in May of 1920, Norman Rockwell. Yep. The famous illustrator of, like, kind of dumb shit 20th century stuff. I mean, I wouldn't call it dumb shit, but yes. No, but like domesticity. Uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, I just like, that, you know. he would like, you know, average American white Apple bread. Pie, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Right. right. That, that's what I mean by dumb shit. Like it's, it was so. <laughs> right. For some reason, like now we say Ouija and everyone loses their mind. Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Who was apple pie, catcher's right. mitts, <laughs> families hugging each he other. He was like a devout Methodist or something yeah. like that. Uh, actually, depicted a man and a woman with a Ouija board on their knees, communing with the great beyond for the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. No one blinked an eye. Nope. And the picture was normal. There weren't lightning bolts or devil's horns or anything. Right. It was just a cutesy little dumb shit couple mm-hmm. hanging. Yep. So... Interesting. Yes. Uh, the reason I want to mention all this stuff about how it was normal, because you'll see later on, people lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, during the Great Depression, this is interesting. Um, now, the Ouija board, <laughs> unlike other items, it actually did really well when terrible things happened. Okay. So the way that, like, um, people were, like, pinching pennies during, like, World War One or the Great Depression or whatever right. it was, the one thing you'd splurge on is... A Ouija board. Yeah. Well, um, it's kind of like whenever your life is kind of like in turmoil, you go to see a psychic or yeah. a medium or mm-hmm. something like that. Like you spend your $15 to have <laughs> your your fortune ride. Yep. And like, you know, living in a city like Chicago, there's somebody on every corner, basically. Yep. It doesn't, it's not hard to find somebody. Yeah. During the Great Depression, the Fold Company... Remember, yeah. they took over mm-hmm. from the canard uh, uh, right. novelty people. They opened so many new factories to meet the, the demand for the boards. That's crazy. Um, in World War Two, so this is after the Great Depression. So they were depression-proof? Oh, yes. In 1944, when um, servicemen were overseas, people were dying, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. A single New York department store, guess how many they sold? Five months. 1944. Um, 1,000. Go up. 5,000. They sold 50,000. Shut up. Yeah, they sold 50,000 Ouija boards in five months. Oh, my God. In 1944. Wow. That's how desperate people were to talk to, like, Charlie in Japan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Or Wayne, who died in, you know. Right. It makes sense. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were like, oh, cool. We don't have a lot of money. We're on rations. Let's get a Ouija board and let's see if we can talk to our soldier boy. Oh, God. Right? Um, interesting. Oh, and, oh, God, that hurts my heart so badly because they're just capitalizing on these, like, poor people's sorrow. Or and it's real. I guess. <laughs> no, well. Please continue. <laughs> We flipped. We did flip today. Yeah, I'm we like, flipped. whatever. <laughs> um, in 1967, uh, the um, year after the Parker Brothers bought the game from the Fold Company. Okay. Okay. So they bought the company in 1966. Mm-hmm. The next year, under the Parker Brothers moniker, 
2 million boards were sold in that one year. Wow. Do you know what game they outsold? Monopoly? Uh-huh. Dang. Yeah. That and was the first game to outsell Monopoly was the Ouija board. And everybody has Monopoly. I mean... It's a... Th- everybody. It's everybody. So, yeah. every. I mean, that's so weird to think about, but like 2 million Ouija boards were sold in one year in America. Dang. Um, in... Uh, 1966. I already said this. The estate sold the entire business to Parker Brothers, but Parker Brothers sold uh, the Ouija board uh, idea, or their Parker Brothers, I guess maybe it was um, turned into Hasbro. My notes are unclear here. Um, in 1991, though, um, Hasbro received and continues to hold all the trademarks and patents on the Ouija. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought, they were, se- I thought they were separate, but. Parker Brothers still exists, right? I think so. Yeah. So maybe Parker Brothers just said you can have this property. <laughs> We're giving this to you. You can have the weege. So. Right. Um. Okay. So let's talk about how this works. Um. If you want to, and I think you should, it's whimsical and it's fun. You can believe that Ouija boards are powered by spirits and demons. Now, there actually is a phenomenon that the Ouija board works on. Um. This principle is called the ideomotor effect. Oh, this just in. Parker Brothers is a former American toy and game manufacturer, which later became a brand of Hasbro. Oh, it's just a brand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Noel. You're welcome. Oh, thank you, Internet. Breaking news. Uh, so let's talk about the uh, ideomotor effect. In case you're wondering how that's spelled, that's I D E O. M E M O T E R effect. Sorry, audio motor effect. Okay. Oops. Um. So, really quickly, and I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole on this. Audio motor phenomenon is a uh, psychological phenomenon wherein the subject um, creates motions unconsciously. Okay. Um. It's often abbreviated to IMR. All right. So you know, with like uh, PK. Yep. People call it PK. Right. Psychokinetic. So, yeah. Psychokinesis. Kinesis, sorry. So if you're going to talk about uh, audio motor phenomenon, um, you would say IMR. Got it. Okay. Uh, the idea come or the, the, the name is derived from the first part, audio, which is a mental representation, and motor, which is the uh, muscular action. Okay. Audio motor. Got it. Um, the phrase is most commonly used in reference to the process whereby a thought or mental image brings about a seemingly reflexive or automatic muscular reaction, often to a minuscule degree and potentially outside the awareness of the subject. Okay. So you sort of are reacting, Mm -hmm. but you don't know you are. Therefore, you you actually personally can think that something made you do that. Oh. You know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Right? Um... I didn't mean to stab my husband multiple times. <laughs> it was IMR. So actually what mystics have often attributed these effects, uh, you know, IMR to is um, paranormal super, supernatural forces. Of course. You know? Right. All right. In 1852, physician and physiologist William Benjamin Carpenter, I say him because carp- the Carpenter effect is really famous. Okay. Um, he published a report for the Royal Institution of Great Britain examining these uh, automatic muscular movements okay. that take place against the conscious will. All right. Right? Um, there's follow-up later from, like, a contemporary of our time that basically kind of just basically <laughs> says, uh, without a doubt, that the the person who is engaging these movements has such a strong impression the movement is caused by an outside agency. Whatever it is. Right. Okay. Okay. So this could so, be this really could be anything. Okay. It could be um uh I mean one of the, one of the things could be like you just start crying and you don't know why, so you think that, like, an outside force is making you cry. All right. So that's a lot of times with, like, empaths. Okay, yeah. Think that. Okay. Or you could be like, oh, my God, something just touched my hair. Right. 
right? So these, basically what it what it's dealing with is like these really small, if you've ever been on a paranormal ghost set or you watch paranormal shows, you can see that what they're focusing on are the smallest things. Mm-hmm. I heard a small noise. I right. felt something on my shoulder. I was tapped. I heard a footstep. I heard what could have been a bouncing ball three stories above. So a lot of these things right. um, kind of fall under the idea of IMR, where one is like our antenna is up so high mm-hmm. that we actually are creating these noises, but we think right under the spooky situations that we're in, mm-hmm. it has to be something else. Got it. Okay. So let's just talk about seance really quickly. Um, by seance in this case, I mean uh, Ouija. I've done it. You've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing you do, <laughs> turn off all the lights. You light the candles, and then you're talking to spooky voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start talking about scary things. <laughs> Step one, talk in spooky yeah. voice. <laughs> I mean, really, though, I mean, right. in that kind of scenario, I mean, everyone is on edge. Yeah. You are just waiting for something to happen. Uh-huh. So if you, me, and let's say friend of the show, Megan, if we're sitting in someone's living room and maybe something would have slipped and fallen in the bathroom anyway. So right. maybe you're you're like... Shampoo was like precariously perched on a ledge because you weren't thinking about it. And there's a little bit of water and a little bit of viscosity. You and I could be sitting here right now and it could fall. We'd be like, oh, that's shampoo. I think the other episode we were like, oh, that's a firework. Yes. Yeah. Without context. Right. It all seems so scary. Right. All of a sudden lights are out. We're doing the Ouija board and something falls in my kitchen Mm -hmm. and we freak the fuck out. Yeah. And we think that's a ghost. Right. Right. Um, or we could actually be doing it ourselves, which is the definition of IMR. Mm-hmm. So okay. I could have <laughs> like kicked this table ever so slightly. So the other side of the table moved, wiggled your purse. We heard the keys move. Therefore, right. ergo, there's a demon here. And meanwhile, I'm the one who did all of it. Mm-hmm. It's basically... And I'm halfway Rube. down the street. Yes. And we're all running out of this house. Good day. Um, but it's the Rube Goldberg effect of yes. spookiness. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Um, uh, just a quick thing. There was a, a, a follow-up um, researcher. Um, his name is Dr. French. I have no context for him. Um, I mean, I do, but it's boring. I don't know. Sorry, Dr. Chris French. It must be so hurtful. But he's a professor of psychology and okay. uh, uh, anomalistic psychology at Goldsmiths University of London. Anyway, let me, let me move on and just say his quote about this. Dr. French said, um, quote, the thing about all these mechanisms we're talking about, dousing rods, Ouija boards, pendulums, these small tables, they're all devices whereby a quite whereby quite a small muscular movement can cause quite a large effect. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So you had mentioned this. There was a paradigm shift okay. in our consciousness as a public. Mm-hmm. Many pinpoint this this thing like Ouija was like totally acceptable. Norman Rockwell like painted about it. Um, in 1973, a movie came out called The Exorcist. I mean, <laughs> I was going to deny any knowledge of it, but I felt like I was like that was like blasphemy. All right, everyone knows The Exorcist. Yeah. Okay, so. In The Exorcist, here's actually really one of the first times the Ouija board just gets a huge, huge uh, marketing problem, mm-hmm. right? So 12-year-old Regan is Regan. Is it Regan? It's Regan. Oh, sorry, Regan. I'm kidding. I did it again on purpose to troll you. No, all shaking her head. You mean sorry, Linda Blair. Yeah, sorry, Linda Bla- Blair. Um, she's possessed by a demon after playing Ouija board. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, a researcher who studied this this phenomenon basically equated to this. And I think it's funny, which is the only reason why I'm giggling. Um, he said, it's kind of like psycho. No one was afraid of showers until they were. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, this, like, 12-year-old girl is playing with a Ouija board, and then she gets possessed by a demon. And people are like, aha. The exorcist... That movie has such an effect on people. Um, it's remarkable to me. I, I it, do, it I love that movie. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, like it does not spook me out at all. No. Um, and it really never has. And I was raised Catholic, 
And I know a lot of people who were raised Catholic and they can't watch that movie. It's oh, so yeah, yeah, frightening yeah. to them. But it definitely it affects people. And to this day, and that movie is 40 some years old. Yeah, 1973. Um, yeah, so 44 40, years yeah. old. Like to this day, like people are so freaked out oh. by that movie, they can't watch it, which is kind of like I think and and I'm a freak when it comes to this stuff but I'm like ah oh, you don't even know there's so many <laughs> others out there but um so it's not surprising at all that that completely ruined the Ouija board yep that was the paradigm shift that yeah, was the cultural paradigm shift in fact I actually um because I looked this up and I thought it was interesting not only did the American population think that the Ouija board was absolutely totally silly mm-hmm. um beloved I Love Lucy. Yes. I Love Mofo and Lucy in 1951. Lucy and Ethel hold a funny seance using a Ouija board. I've seen that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Norman Rockwell, <laughs> Lucille Ball, everyone thinks Ouija boards are silly mm-hmm. until suddenly, like, they're like, whoa, they're not silly. Right. It's from, it's from Satan. <laughs> Forged, forged. Well, <laughs> from molten lava from the devil's doorstep in Utah. Yes, you so can't find this place. It's hidden, by the way. It's it, hidden it, under it, the Great Salt Lake. Oh, looks! I've said too much. Oh no. Um, <laughs> we yeah. Um, <laughs> almost overnight, like Ouija, then became this like tool of the devil, and like horror writers and movie makers were like, hell yeah. Uh huh. And it suddenly totally switched tones. It wasn't for the family anymore. It wasn't for larks. It was like, yo, mm-hmm. we're going to freak you out. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, religious groups are like going out in force to condemn. Yep. This Ouija board, which actually remember back in the day with spiritualism, which works in conjunction with Christian Christianity, was like, no, this is what we want to do. Right. Right. So let me talk... I didn't mean to sigh so heavily into my microphone. Let me talk really quickly about the press criticism. And then we'll talk about the religious criticism. Um, the press actually, like, really came out against Ouija boards. And they criticized the Ouija board as uh, a vestigial remain of primitive belief systems. Wow. And they would constantly call it a con to part fools with their money. Okay. Which is right. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> no. But the thing about the Ouija board is you do it yourself. So whose money are you spending? Well, you're you're paying Hasbro. Right. Or I mean, Parker if Brothers. If you've ever or... been to a real psychic, they'll charge you much more than a game that you can keep playing. That's true. Yeah. I mean, to all the people out there, buy your own tarot deck. Buy your own Ouija board. Like, Yeah. You shit. can just keep playing that shit. Yeah, keep playing it. The outcome's different every time. That's the cool thing. That's the cool thing. <laughs> so here's some um, religious criticism. This will not surprise you, so I'm going to breeze through it. Um... Catholics hate it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, Catholic Answers, which is a... Uh, it's just a group of people that hate stuff. Um, quote, unquote. Um, they say, The Ouija board is far from harmless as, a for- as it is a form of divination seeking information from supernatural sources. Okay. Um... Ouija boards uh, have been burned and are continued to be burned in the United States of America by fundamentalist groups, which should be no surprise because, you know, fundamentalist groups are not known for their uh, subtlety or intellect. Nope. Um, <laughs> I have like a little sidebar here for some reason. Uh, the same fundamentalist groups that love burning Ouija boards also love burning uh, Harry Potter books. They hate themselves witchcraft. And for yeah. some reason, they think Ouija boards are witchcraft. Uh, yeah, I've heard that Ouija before. Board, what, huh, I don't know. See, uh, it takes a nerd to be like, eh, Ouija boards are not witchcraft. Well, that's <laughs> they are a part of a uh, uh, spiritualist. Yeah. No, know. but but that's the thing. Like, unless you're educating yourself, you're going to lump all that, all shit, that shit together. together. Like, yeah. it's all the same. It all stems from the devil. It's all evil and is going to lead you down a devilish path of no return. Yep. In fact, there was a spokesperson for the Human Life International Organization. They sound nice. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do. They described the boards as a portal to talk to spirits and called for Hasbro to be prohibited from marketing them because they said it was a tool of Satan. Of course. 
Now, having said all these things in a very sarcastic manner, I will say this. There are strange tales of the Ouija. Okay. So let's talk about it. All right. All right. I just have a quick listicle. Um, in 1920, a National Wire Service uh, reported that would-be crime solvers were turning to their Ouija boards for clues. Oh. Yeah. Um, there was, like, this uh, crime-solving couple in New York City that solved, like, three cases from the Ouija. Really? Yeah. What if they were committing the crimes first? <laughs> I mean... And then they were also, like, Ouija did it. DNA and crime-solving was really... DNA wasn't there, and crime-solving was based on supposition and uh, assumption, so... True. They could have been full of shit, but yep. apparently <laughs> they were like, kind of how psychics find, um, they find one kid in a ravine and then everybody else is like, let's call him the psychic, you know? <laughs> right. uh, in 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman was sent to a psychiatric hospital, uh, but she she explained, she tried to explain to her doctors, <laughs> sorry, this story is so weird and complicated. She tried to explain to her doctor that she wasn't suffering from mania. But that Ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days. Oh, no. Before she buried her in the backyard. Oh, no. Did she kill her mother? Or is she... Okay. Her mother died. Okay. And she freaked out and she pulled up the family's Ouija board. And she was like, what do I do? And her mother apparently told her, leave me here. And then bury me in the backyard. There's so a really she, good program coming on. There's a made-for-TV yeah. series yeah, I must do. watch. Moms love to sit in living rooms and watch yeah. TV. Yeah. Just make sure the fan's on me. <laughs> <laughs> My God. That's so awful. Uh, in 1930, apparently two women from Buffalo, New York, murdered another woman, supposedly based on the encouragement of a Ouija board. Okay. Yep. Sure. Yeah. I mean... I mean, it happened with Slender Man. Why wouldn't it happen with That's Ouija what Man? I was thinking, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, in 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the army because a Ouija board told him to. Oh. Not a good time to join the army. No. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, in 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor uh, the quote-unquote Ouija board will. Um... In what year? 1958. Okay. Uh, the Ouija board will of Mrs. Helen Dow Peck, who apparently left only $1,000 to two former servants, but issued, like, this crazy amount of money. She left $152,000 to Mr. John Gale Forbes, who was um, – a bodiless spirit who she had been talking with over the Ouija board. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. So she was crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, yep, the court did not honor that, and they ended up giving her family and her uh, servants more money. But, yep, she wanted to leave $152,000 to a ghost. Oh, my God. This is actually really Wait, recent. Yep. Real, real quick. Did yeah. that person, like, do we know if that person existed? I mean, John Forbes seems like a pretty you know, common I name. Didn't... But... Actually, look that up. Okay, I apologize. That's okay. I actually just because the court deciding was so specific of like, nope, right? You crazy. <laughs> and it was called the Ouija board will case, <laughs> which is why I found it. Okay. Um, there's actually a recent one. I mean, it's not so recent because we're in 2017, right? But in London, 1994. Okay. Right. So that's yeah, that's soon that's like ish. yeah. Um, that's when I was born. That was in our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm super young. Mm-hmm. Um, in London in 1994, convicted murderer Stephen Young was granted a retrial after it was learned that four of the juries had jurors had conducted a Ouija board seance and had con- uh, contacted the murdered man who named Young as his killer. What? What? Yo, I'm not kidding. Four people on the jury used a Ouija board. Who? So, okay. So they're sequestered. Yep. They're staying in a hotel. All of it. Who was like, hey, man, I snuck in my Ouija board. You want to come over? Me. I did it. Oh, man. (laughs) You know I would do that. I, that's nuts. I'm the worst human being. I was, I'm so, listen, I'm sorry, everybody. Anyway. um, (laughs) Because of that, he was granted uh, a retrial. Okay. That said, uh, Stephen Young was convicted 
Okay. After his uh, retrial. Retrial. Okay. And he was jailed for life. All right. Cause he did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're almost out of time, so just some some quick famous users of the Weege. Um, you guys know Alistair Crowley? Uh oh, that's Barbara Bush's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. Barbara. Yep. I'm fairly acquainted with Alistair Crowley. I mean, don't ask me much. I don't know. Um, anyway, he used to use the Ouija board. Okay. Yeah. And that sounds accurate. Uh, he liked to use it in his magical workings. Okay. There was an author named Emily Grant Hutchings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, this is from 1917. Um, she was actually a famous author here in the States. And she said that her book that she published uh, was dictated <laughs> by Mark Twain's spirit. All right. From the Ouija board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip that one. Um, in 1982, this is actually a real famous thing. And it's Wait, kind of, can I go back? Yeah. So Mark Twain's spirit dictated her book. To her. To her through the Ouija board. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to, like, rehear that again. Yeah. Okay. What? Come on. So, yeah. I mean... I guess one thing we need to revisit and, like, really emphasize is that... You, How long that would take? Th- they're, they're going letter by letter. Yeah. That's so long. I'm, like, this woman giving 152,000... Like, what kind of real conversations are you having <laughs> with these spirits other than, my name is... And it's a lot of, like... And you and I have been there. And even My Name Is, which is the most exciting thing in the world you can get from a Ouija board, is also, while extremely exhilarating, kind of fucking boring. It's so boring because it takes so <laughs> it takes long. So like, long. you pretty much just ask yes and no questions. Yeah, you're like, are you here? Cool, yeah, okay. What um, time period... Did you touch Noel's hair? No? No? Okay. okay. <laughs> were you born around in this era? No? Okay, what about this time? Like, it's... Yeah, how old were you? Died? Remember when we did that one where it was like... Yeah. Um, the the uh, planchette landed between things. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you got to figure like, okay, let me ask you again. Yeah, and then <laughs> are you mad at if us? We had, yeah, if we had spirits in the room, they were probably so pissed at us. They're like, everyone else is scared to death. You two bitches, because <laughs> we are we are a little bit more fastidious than most people. <laughs> I'm like, is that a seven or a six? And then meanwhile, they're probably like, yeah, never. Ever ever had somebody ask me to clarify and like, well, I'm a nerd. Please, <laughs> I'm taking notes right now, Please so I want to be very clear. It's very important to me. Oh, the I'm difference sorry. between 1972 and 1973 is hugely important to me. Because yeah, I will go down to the public library, find you out, and see where you are. Right. And if you are off by your death by a year, this has happened to us. This is a lie. Then we have to like right. We anyway. have a corrections corner. We had to, you know, it's going to take forever to find the microfiche for the right year. Ugh. There's no way. There's no way Mark Twain's ghost dictated a fucking book through the Ouija board. I'm sorry. I'm angry. I know. I'm only going to do two more. Okay. Um, In 1982, poet James Merrill uh, released his 560-page epic poem. Don't worry if you haven't read it. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's called The Changing Light at Sandover. Now, this book, though, won the National Book Critics Circle Award. Okay. Okay. Um, It actually won a Pulitzer Prize. Okay. All right. So I just yelled that because it's a big deal. Right. Anyway, um, James Merrill was a freak guy. All right. And he said that the book was... Basically, told to him over two decades of messages dictated from the Ouija board during oh. seances, hosted by himself and his partner David Noyes Jackson. All right, <laughs> right? Um, that's pretty crazy. I mean, for two decades, do they do that? It's five hundred and sixty-five pages long. Five hundred and sixty-page epic poem. He said was dictated from Ouija two messages. Two decades. It won oh my God. the National Book Award and the Pulitzer Prize. Good Lord. All right. But hold up. Okay. Poet James Merrill, uh-huh. who we were just talking about, uh-huh. um, said that when he was a writer, when he was doing all this stuff, he encouraged the entrance of spirits into his body. Before he died, he recanted and he said that people must not use Ouija boards. But why? He did not say. Oh. Hold on. He did not say. 
<laughs> I hope that scared you. That was yeah. the spirit in the room. Oh. <laughs> no, that was me. Okay. Um, I think the final thing I want to say, even though I have like a list from hell here. But no, go to, for no, it. No, we have to close up shop. Um, there's a man who I really adore and I think is really funny. His name is Vincent. Uh, Price? No. Because oh. <laughs> I adore him. Uh, Fournier. You know Vincent Fournier? I feel like I should. You do. You know exactly who he is. Uh, Vincent Fournier um, is in a band, and he leads the band, and he is uh, basically... Okay. Tell me, because the name is so familiar. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to do, like, the Paul Harvey rest of the story, because I think think this is really funny. Okay. Vincent Fournier, um, the, the... apocryphal story is that because his band's supposed to be so spooky and shit um is that they all did Ouija (laughs) and they connected with a murdered ghost of the 17th uh century who was a witch um that witch's name was Alice Cooper oh damn it Noelle I'm sorry (laughs) no that's fine I'm so, like, I know who this is. Vincent Fournier. And I know the story. I'm yep. such an idiot. So, uh, ah. the story that they tell everybody, or they used to tell everybody, because they want to be, like, super witchy and shit, is that through a Ouija board, they came up with the name Alice Cooper. Actually, uh, Alice Cooper, <laughs> who is, like, a very, like, lame guy. He's like a nice guy. He's like a nice old Jewish man. He's not Jewish. His dad was like a. His dad's a no. pastor. Really? Yeah. yeah his dastor, oh, dad was I like a Presbyterian that. or something like I that. I thought he was like Arthur Fonzarelli. No, no, no. By he, which I mean no, Henry Winkler. No, his dad was a Christian uh, pastor of some oh. sort. No, he's a nice. He's a very nice man who likes to golf a lot. Yeah, he has a restaurant. He has a restaurant yeah, in Phoenix. He is. I don't mean it in a bad way. Honestly, I'm old. We get old. We become lamos. When he when, no, but let me when say he that he was a, like a little guy and he wanted to be like crazy. Um, he also good friends with Vincent Price. Yeah, and who's the guy who did his stage shows? I don't know. Oh no, the amazing Randy. I, okay. Okay, so the amazing Randy was a magi- uh, magician who I. Uh, Helped stage like the guillotine effect oh, okay. and all those things. So the, the amazing Randy was like uh, a magician. I will say this: um, yeah. you have not lived until you've seen Alice Cooper get his head chopped off by the guillotine. Yeah, he, he puts on one hell of a show. Yeah. like to this day, like sure. hands down, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Well. Part of the reason, too, why there was such a kerfuffle about Ouija wars was because our good friend Alice Cooper was the Marilyn Manson of his day, which is like, everyone's like, creepy boogeyman, bullshit, Mm -hmm. Slenderman thing of our day. Right. Um, (laughs) What do you do when you think, um, or Aleister Crawley, too, Mm -hmm. what do you do when the boogeyman says the Ouija board's helping them out? You freak out. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, okay. Yeah, my last thing I'm just going to end on is, is like, what a, how prominent it's been in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Pop culture. I meant to say pop culture. Um, horror films cannot get enough of the malevolent Ouija board. No. It's a shorthand to audiences. They're just like, here's a Ouija board. Here's people playing it since The Exorcist. They're like, yep. you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Even on the ghost shows that we sometimes watch together, it's like, they're like, have you been playing with a Ouija board? And then people are like, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, it's You're just sort of like spirit. shorthand to be like meh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean paranormal I, activity. Uh-huh. Does a lot. There's an actual movie called Ouija. There is a uh, Ouija from two thousand seven. Uh-huh. There's actually also Ouija Experiment from two thousand eleven. Yep. And Ouija from twenty fourteen. I've seen two out of three of those yeah, movies. By the way, here's what they all are in case you want to see them. Um, each of them can be described exactly the same way. A group of friends or adolescents <laughs> <laughs> use the board and it prompts a mysterious spirit to follow them and cause a series of deaths. Yep. All three of those movies, unrelated to each other, follow the exact same storyline. And they're, I've seen two out of three of them and they're terrible. Well, I think even when we didn't, I don't want to really, I'm so done with it. 
But when we talked about Amityville, there was this like moment where it's like, well, and maybe they maybe the Lutzes did a Ouija board once. I'm like, I can't. Right. Well, there are theories that George was involved with the occult, <laughs> I know, and I can't. and we didn't even yeah we didn't even entertain it because we we're like no. we're just not doing it. <laughs> we're not even talking about this. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the Ouija board. Uh, the Ouija. Mm-hmm. Or the um good luck board. Oh, I like the good luck board. I kind of do. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I've never heard of the good luck board. Or I've the, always heard we yeah. Yes, yes board. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a staple in our culture. You can choose to do anything you want. You can be totally afraid of it and totally like think it's like Satan's hand doing her business. Right. Uh, <laughs> or you could be like, I don't know. It's a mass marketed game that in five months, one time sold 50,000 50, boards because people wanted to reach their soldier boys. It's unbelievable. Um, here's the thing about spiritualism and ghosts in general. Um, we are deeply sad people who are deeply afraid of death and we deeply miss our loved ones. And mm-hmm. any chance we get in any moment we have to spend time with them Um is terribly sad and terribly frightening. Mm-hmm. And people can take advantage of that. And you can also be empowered by the fact that, um, I don't know, if you want to, you can talk to them. Right. Uh, one thing that I like about the Ouija board, and I will leave it on this. Um, I, I know I've talked about the Protestant Reformation on this show before, but I love the idea that spiritualists were mad that people were able to bring the Ouija board into their house and get rid of the middleman. It's, There's something cool about it's it. It's very clever. It's, I mean... So if you want to talk to your ghostesses, you can just talk to your damn ghostesses. Right. Well, it's kind of like... <clears throat> it's it's the same concept as um, uh, confession in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Catholic Church, in order to... Reconciliation or to reconcile with God, uh, with your reconcile your sins with God, you have to go through a priest, which is, in my opinion, silly. Um it's it's you know kind of like the same thing like oh wait or i could just like ask for forgiveness and say my you know prayers or whatever like that's yeah or i could go to a shrink and analyze my behavior and make sure i break my patterns yeah all of these things it's I mean, the same kind know. of it's the same kind of thing where we've created there's so many middlemen right so at this point created. it's like taken to your own hands mm-hmm. honestly folks i am not advocating for this but like if you want to contact the devil through a ouija board you are a dork and go for it right if you are mm-hmm. sad and lonely enough to contact a spirit that you love through a ouija board go for it mm-hmm. Noel and i once tried to solve a mystery through a ouija board <laughs> Still remains unsolved. It really does remain unsolved. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the original. This is all I ask. I mean, at the end of the day, just go back to the original intention of the Ouija board, which was a novelty. Mm-hmm. It was a novelty Have game. Have some fun with it. Right? Let's go back to this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end on this. Uh, it was a novelty game, and the advertisement in February 1891 was Ouija, the wonderful talking board, ads claim. That it answers questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy, promising a link between the known and unknown, the material and immaterial. The price, a dollar fifty. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been High Spirits. Noel, what are you drinking? I am drinking Purple Moon Shiraz. The moon can be purple. And I am drinking Citra Hero, because uh, Revolution Brewery is the brewery that slays me and pays me. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to High Spirits, which is where uh, a show where uh, two fucking fascinating ladies drink booze and talk about ghostesses and ghost adjunct things like Ouija boards. Noel has one last horrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs>